Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome back to the Adam Avelyn podcast, the podcast all about self-improvement, personal development, working on yourself and trying to become the best possible version of yourself. So episode nine, I believe, so far. So it's my second guest. Um, and today I'm sat down with um, Ash, who's gonna, who's got a really like, amazing story to tell. And I'm really intrigued uh, to find out more about it, actually. Me and Ash know each other through... Uh, Taya, um, Ash was actually at the the wedding. So Ash's partner is Taya's best friend, fiance actually. The bridesmaid. The bridesmaid. Yeah. <clears throat> Didn't you actually say when Charlotte was walking up, he best not turn around and think. Yeah, I was like, best not turn around and think that is <laughs> his new wife. Can you actually remember anything from the wedding? No, I was really drunk. <laughs> you were steaming, <laughs> weren't you? Yeah, you were no, steaming. I, I do remember that. Yeah, before the when the sun went down, I don't really remember much. Yeah. It was a good day. I remember chatting to you actually, and we, we've just been talking about this. And this is why why I wanted to get Ash on. You came up to me that night, and you you actually was telling me about Taylor and how sort of supported she'd been to everything that you've been through. And like obviously, you at the time you were only was it about a year? I think I was like, no, nah, I would have been like, yeah, about fourteen months. Clear. Yeah, fourteen months of remission. Yeah, yeah. Because when, when when you told me, obviously, you just had cancer, like I thought it, you, you meant like a, a few years ago. I didn't realise it was literally like mm. 14 months ago because you, you looked, you're like, I, I couldn't believe, you're like full head of hair, you look healthy, you look yeah, good. Yeah. Um, it, it was crazy. But bef- before we kind of get into that, I just kind of w- wanted to talk a little bit because going off from the lad- last podcast, I was talking a lot about alcohol and my decision on whether to completely cut alcohol out or not and I was going through this thought process in my mind but you've stopped drinking for the past few months haven't you yeah I've nearly gone six months without a drink now that's mad what what made you sort of do that um I went out one night with the lads and I was just so drunk and I got in really late and then it's just like I woke up the next day and I was like you know what it's not even worth it yeah um I'm quite into fitness anyway like obviously I am as healthy as it can be after what happened. So yeah. I, know, I know I have to be careful anyway. Um, but I just get really bad anxiety the next day. I, I think I, I noticed like, that. Oh, well, I can't do it. Yeah. So yeah, I went on holiday to Spain with the family. And then I was like, when I get back, that's, I'm going to knock it on the head and see how long I can go. Did and you, six months. Did you uh, presume that you were going to get this far? Like you were going to last six months? Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty determined. Did you? Yeah. 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 I was, Has like, it been hard? Like, um yeah at times like when everyone else is drinking like parties and stuff like that but you can get some zero percent beers and stuff like that you drive but i'm quite easy to talk to to anyway so it's not a problem like i can still make a conversation and be fun um there's obviously some things you're like holding back and you think like i don't actually think that's as funny as what it was but because you're not drunk yeah you can't just like i I was watching an episode it was andrew huberman's podcast about alcohol yeah and he was telling you why um, you can say whatever you want. It's because like our whole thought process changes when we're actually drinking alcohol. Yeah, so you, everything comes down. Yeah, so yeah. you 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 know when you're gonna say something when you're not drunk and you're like oh uh, and you stop yourself. Yeah. When you're drinking alcohol, it just all goes out the yeah, window, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? It's yeah. mad. I, I worried at the beginning because I was like, oh, I'm gonna go out. I'm not gonna be able to have a good time ever again. Mm-hmm. But you do have a. a a good time but it's a different type of good time and you appreciate it it's so much more 
and the next day you can go gym, walk the dog at seven o'clock in the morning, yeah. and it's all nice. There's a there's a like I I noticed it quite a lot. There's I spoke about it on the last podcast when I was younger, in my late teens, early twenties. All I did was look forward to something that evolved around alcohol. Oh, 100%. And when, when you when, when you cut it out, like yeah. it, it's mad because a lot of other and I've, I've not completely quit quit out. I have done three months when I was doing a, a bodybuilding competition before, but so much more just unlocks and that you do find other hobbies. You can push a little bit more with your work. You can spend more time yeah, with yeah, people definitely. that you love. Like it, yeah. it is mad. Would yeah. what, what big changes would you, would you say that you've noticed if if you have promotion at work? Have like you? yeah, just um. Have you ever seen the film Limitless? Mate, Basically, that's Hamlet. That's are you, are literally you, how I feel. Have I spoke to you about that recently? No. Nah. My next podcast was going to be talking about that exact thing. I swear to God, yeah, I've <laughs> I've felt like that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was that's I was literally I my, my next podcast. I'm going to be talking about this yeah. because I have actually felt like, and it was a few times, like what is happening to me. I yeah, feel yeah, so yeah. energized. I feel amazing. I feel really good. Yeah. Like everything, I can deal with everything. I'm positive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, that's that's I work in sales, so it's quite relentless every day. Yeah. And like my performance at work has never been so strong as what it is now. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, nah, I'm not going back now. Mm. Keep going. But I think I will drink again. Like, I'm not, yeah. I've not got a problem, but it's like, I want to focus on me and grow. Yeah. I've always said this year, I want to grow myself. Yeah. Um, And look back and think, oh yeah, smashed it. A lot of the time... <laughs> When when we drink alcohol, it kind of clouds our judgment, doesn't it? And you don't really have to do much thinking. But when when you do cut it out a little bit, and this isn't like a being derogatory towards alcohol. This is just like you you actually think about things more. Definitely, you can process yeah, things yeah. more. And if you can go out and get smashed, and the next day you're absolutely fine, hats off to you. Yeah, fair play. That was me when I was in my twenties. That was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like. I don't know, you get older, you get more responsibilities and then anxiety kind of hits, Changes, doesn't it? Yeah, it does change. It does Life change. Changes. It does change. So, yeah, enough about alcohol. So, where, when did you first find out that you or might that you might have cancer? It probably links in quite well because I was actually on a lad's holiday in Croatia. Yeah. Um, and I went, to the, I went to have a shower and I was so drunk. It was like four o'clock in the morning, just literally got back from festival and I had a shower and as you do like as a bloke you check yourself and I checked and I was like felt the smallest like bump on my testicle and I was like, really that's, that's not right but because I was so drunk I was like now nah, I was ignoring it do you know what do you reckon sorry to jump in do you reckon if you weren't drunk you wouldn't have felt it maybe like in the next week or something oh, right. yeah yeah because yeah. it was it was like right, right. painful if I touched it so I would know and then when I got back home, that was in like August. And then I left it until like September, October. And yeah. it, it didn't really get any worse. And then it like, do you remember a BB gun pellet, the small little pellets? Yeah. It was like that. Really? And then by December, when it when obviously I, I got ill, it was like a size of like a pea, like a small pea. And then that's when I was like, right, I'm in trouble. And then oh, I was at work. I was really ill. Like, I was shaking really? at work. Had the radio next to me. I was so cold, sweating. It was what, really weird. What did you think it was at the time? I thought I'd cancer all over my body. Really? Like, because I felt the lump. It turns out I did have to just have the flu because I called 111. Right. And I said to him, like, oh, by the way, I've found a lump on my testicle. And the guy was like, uh, how long has it been then? I was like, well, I'm not going to lie to you, mate. Like, three months. And he was like, I could tell with his panic over the phone. He was like, right, you need to go to the hospital. So I rang Charlotte, my missus, and said, like, I'm going to go to the hospital. Um, one 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 have told me. 
but she thinks it was because of the flu, but it wasn't because of the flu. It was because of this lump. Yeah. So when I got there, it was, it was I always remember it. We walked into the room and then I was like, Shah, I'm so sorry. And she was like, what are you sorry for? And I was like, I haven't told you something and I should have told you. And she was like, what? And then the nurse was like, what's wrong? And I was like, um, I've got a lump on my testicle. And she was like, okay, cool. Let me check it. So she checked it. And then as she checked it, like I winced and I was like, then I looked at her and she was like, oh, okay, you need to go have a scan. And that's when I knew, I was like, oh my God, this is not right. Yeah, that, that that's crazy. And I think if I've learned anything just from that last two minutes is I need to check my testicles more. Yeah, check Definitely. it. Definitely. Yeah, I'll get put in the link of how to do it because people don't know how to do it. Yeah. And it's so easy. And it's like, you oh, the first couple of times I was laughing about talking about it and now it's like, Jesus Christ, it's just mad. stop being an idiot and yeah. just check. Like, girls check their boobs and they don't laugh about it. Yeah. Um, but men can't go to the pub and talk about it. This, because this, like, oh, no, it's a bit awkward. No, like, just, just yeah. check your balls. Just get, get them checked. Literally, get them checked, yeah, lads. Yeah. 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 What, um, what, when, when did they actually tell you that you 100% had cancer? Um, so I left it, like, that week. So I had the scan on the 23rd of... December and they said if anything bad like bad news we'll ring you the next 48 hours so I was like Christmas Eve Christmas Day like I've got to get through these next two days and I'll be all right yeah um so I didn't tell my dad my mum didn't tell anyone and then they called me the next morning at eight o'clock it was really bad me and Charlotte went to Winter Wonderland the night before we fell asleep on a train home woke up in Peterborough had to get a train for uh taxi from Peterborough to Stevenage. We got in at like four o'clock in the morning. Really? And then we woke four up. Four hours later. Literally. It was mad. Then I got a call from my doctor at eight o'clock and I just saw my number like 01438 and I was like, oh my God. Then he was like, uh, is this Mr. Ashton Marshall? I was like, yeah. He goes, um, can you come down to the doctor's surgery like immediately today? And I was like, yes, I can. Did you know what it was straight away? 100%, yeah. yeah. I just told my dad straight away. He was meant to be flying to New Zealand like two days later really? to see my brother, but he didn't go. Yeah. It was terrible. It was a heartbreaking time. It was Christmas Eve. Like, yeah. Mad. How did you deal with finding out? Um, did you did you just have to try and put on a brave face and put it to the back of your mind or did you, did it affect? Well, obviously it's going to affect you, but yeah. was, was, was it? I was quite angry, like in the room, in the waiting room, I was quite yeah. angry. Um, but I think that's because I was still a little bit drunk. And then I just remember literally told me, and I literally I was like, no, I can't, I can't. I'm Ashton Marshall. Like, yeah. We think we're bulletproof as, as men. I, I spoke about it. I, I think I've spoke about it a couple of times, but I actually thought going all the way through my life, I was never going to deal with any mental health, anything like that. Anxiety couldn't touch me. And like I say, more, more for me. And like as men, as lads, lads, we, we always think we're bulletproof, don't we? Until something happens to us like, like that. hundred percent. Proper alpha male. Yeah. Yeah. I was in denial for about three, four days and then it sunk in and I was just, yeah, I was upset quite a lot. Really nervous. Like I asked like what was going to happen with like treatment plan. Obviously I was going to lose a testicle, but that didn't really bother me. Like I, I knew people that had had that removed yeah. anyway, so it wasn't a massive problem. Um, but the big thing was like being bald and losing my muscles. Talk, talk me through what, what happened from that point then. So obviously you found out and, and yeah. then what, 
how how quickly did the treatment start things like that so on new year's day i had my testicle removed wow and then, that quick yeah that quick so yeah. it didn't even give you time to they, it wasn't even stage one it was stage two because i'd left it so long so it was like a teratoma something like that so it was quite i knew it was quite like i was an absolute idiot for leaving it so yeah. long like my doctor said like was it... why did you leave it and i said i'm just I don't know. I was embarrassed. Like, was it? Do you think just literally trying to push it to the back of your mind because you didn't want to actually face yeah, it literally. in case it was? Yeah, 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 literally. Yeah, literally. I'd go in the shower and not check because I'm like, I know what's there. I kind of, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I kind of do that now. Like, I, I don't check. Just, you don't want to know. The you don't want to know. That's nah, ridiculous. And it's stupid. Like, yeah. you, you're better off checking. So, like, I've, I've definitely learned to, to, to check from that. But sorry. So, New Year's Day. Um, had the operation to have my testicle removed, which was like, it was all good, it's easy, literally in and out in a couple of hours. Then I had like a two, three week recovery. So I was literally straight out of work and that was January. So I work in leisure. It's like the most busiest time of the year for us. Yeah. So to not work in that important month was quite hard, but I was like. I was going to ask that. I, I was going to ask that. How <clears throat> did work pay you to, to have it off? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. So they, they paid me full for like two, three months. Yeah. And then after that, it was lockdown. So yeah. It was an absolute nightmare. So I was on furlough. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Was it twenty twenty nineteen going into twenty twenty? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was an absolute nightmare. So not only was I so I had like a gap of like from February, recover from my operation to about March, I was all good. And then yeah. lockdown came in March. And then between then I was having regular blood tests because they didn't want to give me chemotherapy straight away because they thought they might have just cut the tumor out and it'd be all right. But my, um, I think it's my HCG levels were like through the roof. Right. They were about 300, which there should be about literally no more than five. So Is that hemoglobin? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's like if you, if, uh, if I was to wee on a pregnancy stick, it would have come back pregnant. Right. Um, so was, there was that. And then in April I had a blood test and my HCG levels were like through the roof again. And he said like, you need to come into to Mount Vernon cancer hospital this week and we're going to give you a, a treatment plan so my whole life for like four months was like am i having chemo am i not so yeah. it's a bit weird like so me and charlotte were just like we went on holiday to barbados we just had as much fun as we could yeah and then as we got back like lockdown hit and then two weeks into lockdown he said yeah you need to start chemotherapy now like it's 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 actually spreading yeah um, how, how was that hearing that was that as scary as that was heartbreak that was harder yeah. than christmas eve because it's yeah. like right now i'm going to be bald Gonna be proper cancer patient. I think a little bit as well on Christmas Eve was probably unknown, wasn't it? So you you don't really fear the unknown. Yeah. And then when you kind of go through it, you learn about everything. You yeah, learn yeah, yeah. What you might have to go through. Yeah. Then it's like, oh shit, it's actually it's happening. 100%. So yeah, I can imagine the second time was of hearing that you're gonna have to go through that. How was how was chemo? Madness. Um, I shaved my hair off like the day before, so it was, I didn't have to have that. Yeah thing of pulling my hair out obviously you see like movies and stuff like that and it's like they're putting yeah. out in their showers and stuff like that so i shaved it off which was good i raised like just over six grand for macmillan charity so i felt like yeah. i'm ready to go now yeah um but yeah it was hard like it was in lockdown so i walked in into the ward i had my own room like it was like a bedroom yeah I had a playstation in there big tv and i was like oh i literally thought oh this is gonna be like a bit of a like a dos around like it's yeah be just easy. chill yeah yeah and then from like days one to five, I'd FaceTime Charlotte every day. And every day I would notice myself looking more bald, with fat, We've, we've literally just been yeah, chatting just about it then. And yeah. Charlotte said she had to lie to you about 
just saying that you hadn't yeah. changed. You were asking all the time if do I look any different? And yeah. Charlotte's going, no, no. But I knew yeah. I did. Yeah. And I'm thank, like, thankful now. Like she didn't say right away. Like, yeah. You put on weight in the next couple, like next 24 hours. It literally was chemotherapy for people who don't know. It's like, it's just literally a liquid. I had a pick line into my bicep and it would just go through all of my bloodstream. Yeah. And it would literally just suck everything out. It's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> how, how, how was the the whole time whilst you were in hospital then because it was through lockdown as well wasn't it so no one could come in and see you was, was it harder than a lot harder than you expected yeah it was harder anyway i didn't know any different because i had never done anything like this before but it wasn't nice like i was in hospital for a week then i'd go home for two weeks and that's one round and i'd do that three times so i spent three weeks in total in hospital and it is weird like going to hospital a drip in your arm a different nurse every night you're not in your own bedroom the news was all depressing because it was all about like the cases rising and yeah there was like people like talking about you know making sure that you don't go out ash because you're, you're going to be really vulnerable and if you were to get covid like you could potentially die and I was there was like, a lot of scare scaremongering like everyone was just scared i can imagine Crazy. even even did you kind of not care no, about care. the didn't COVID, nah, because care. obviously what you're going through yeah. is a lot closer to home. Hundred percent, didn't yeah. care. Like I know, obviously, people have like passed away from COVID. So yeah, it's, it's really important. Like we still. But when you're going through some something like that, yeah, that, it, that like, had to be your number one focus. Yeah, hundred percent. Didn't it? Yeah, it just overtook everything. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I had the chemo for nine weeks, but then on week eight, after everything, um, it was my my last week in hospital on the Monday. My doctor Sharma would come in and check me in, and he literally weigh me. Yeah. Uh, well, have a CT scan, make sure that the tumor is growing, uh, is going because it was in my back. Yeah. Um, is that how far it spread? It spread to my back. Yeah. Wow. Like my lymph nodes right around the back of my spine. Were you getting pain? No, nah, nothing. Like yeah. it was, it was a dead tumor, but it was still alive inside. So basically, yeah. what he said, if I left it for like five, six years, in five, six years' time, it will come back. Yeah. So he was like, we need to get rid of it. Yeah. So we'll get, give you chemo. But then on week eight, he came into the doctor's room and he was like, um, Ash, like, how are you feeling? I'm like, yeah, I feel fine. Like last week of chemo, like I'm ready to go. Cause I was literally thinking on Friday, he's going to say, oh, you're cancer free now, Ash. Like you can go chill out and celebrate. Um, and he was like, I've got some bad news. Unfortunately, the, the chemo isn't working as well as what we'd liked. And we're going to need you to have an operation. And I was like, right. So and that was supposed to be the back end of it. Yeah. Like I was, that was meant to be done, but yeah. he's like saying the chemo has not worked. So I was like, why the hell have you just done this? Like, cause I've had eight weeks of chemo and you've not done anything with me. So I was obviously looking back, like really naive. Yeah. Um, and he was like, look, you've got to have an operation. It's called RPLND. Oh, it's mad. Like I, I knew it was It's like my whole stomach has to be cut open up to my chest. Really? Take all my organs out, kidneys out, bowels out, go right to the back of my spine and then take out take out the lymph nodes and then put me all back you've had that done i've had that done yeah, yeah. that's mad I, I i'll send you pictures so you can put it in the video yeah yeah I, I honestly didn't even know you had that done yeah which is why i think speaking about this kind of thing it is crazy you're, yeah, it's mad your organs have been outside your body literally that's it was nuts. Eight, eight hour operation private yeah. hospital in uh, in chelsea in london so yeah, it was, it was mad. And that, that operation, I was in hospital for a week to recover. Yeah. Like it was rough. I was on so much morphine. I don't really remember. So how many, when, when was this? Sorry. So you, you found out December, 
December 23rd. Yeah. And then you went through all the chemo, yeah. got to the end of that, realized that didn't work. Yeah. And then you found out that you're going to have to have this operation. When? That was in August. August. So yeah. what, seven months down the line? Yeah. What what were your what was your headspace like at, at that point when not after the operation before when you found out you had to have another operation? Awful. That was the hardest bit because it's like I've had an operation already. Then I've had chemo. I'm bald. I've lost my identity of a human being. Like I yeah. don't look like Ashton Marshall anymore. Um, yeah, that's what I. That's the only time I thought I was gonna die. I'd like yeah. sit here today and I was literally. He walked out the room. And I literally was like, I literally said out loud, I was like, I'm going to die. Yeah. It was mad. For like 24 hours, I thought I was going to die. That's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Like I got, like you, when, when you say that, because not, not many situations in life, you, you probably actually think that you might jokingly think that and like say, mm. actually say that, but yeah, there's not yeah. many times you actually think you, you never preempt your death. Really. I know it happens, but yeah, yeah. That, I, I can imagine that was, yeah that was that was scary I, yeah i felt i felt so bad which is weird because it's like you shouldn't feel sorry for yourself but yeah. i was like i'm gonna leave everyone behind yeah and it, it was weird weird 24 48 hours then it picked up after that and then i met the doctor again and he kind of sat me down and said like no like it's serious like it's a very serious yeah. operation it only happens like 26 times in the uk every year so it's very very rare but i knew i was in the best hands so i just had yeah. to just have to trust believe it. and trust. <laughs> yeah, literally under the knife. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the operation itself was the hard, was the hardest part physically. Like I had to learn to walk again properly. Really? Go to the toilet, have a shower, all that stuff. Like I had to learn properly again to like get my strength up in my core. But I got there and then it was like three months recovery. So I wasn't in work again for like another three, four months, which was horrible at home. Yeah. Bored. Played endless amounts of PlayStation. Like, <laughs> Standard, <laughs> literally. So, do you know what though? Like, and, and I've I've said this before. When when I lost my one of my best mates a couple of years ago, I'm so grateful that I had the Xbox. Like, I, I honestly, I'm so grateful. I switched off. Like, I, I wasn't thinking about that. I was on chatting to the boys, just playing a game. Yeah. Like, and and that helped me kind of get. I can imagine it was it was probably quite Big similar. Time. You just switched off, like yeah, yeah. playing with the boys, mm. playing FIFA, chilling. Yeah. Just out, 100%. Yeah. It was in lockdown as well. So I was still, then I was still quite nervous to meet people yeah. and stuff like that and who I can trust to like. So all of this yeah. is through through lockdown. So I, I'm assuming you you hadn't seen many people at all other than nah. immediate people. Nah, to not, not at all. So I bet it was quite, quite lonely in, in, in a sense. Obviously you, you had the people around you didn't you but i yeah, bet yeah like everyone felt isolated in, yeah. in lockdown but i can imagine going through something as big as this and then yeah i don't know it was a bit weird I, like back before then i was really sociable like i used to go yeah. out all the time and i think that kind of made me like not sociable because it's like in that time of my hardest time of my life i kind of found out who, who was the most important yeah. people to me not like because people didn't talk to me like yeah i had so much support it was it was makes you think crazy doesn't it yeah, but then like you, I now know I can count ten people, and I'm like, that's my close ones. Yeah, and that's who I want to spend. Time I think with. For, for for me as well. I think you you kind of do that as you get a little bit older, don't you? Like yeah, I, me when I was younger, I had so so many groups of mates, so many, um, and it, like 
the older that you get, you realise that you don't need that many and yeah, you just yeah. need the close, good friends and family, don't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So you had that operation. Yeah. Then what happened after that? Um, so I had the recovery and then I had to wait like five months for my results because had so much swelling around my stomach and around my back, around my spine. So they said, like, we can't give you a true reading of a CT scan until about Christmas time. So ironic, it was like a hot like Christmas time again. Like it could either be a really good Christmas. Yeah. Didn't find out results at Christmas time. And then it was January the 12th. Five days after my birthday. Now and there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, January the 12th, 2021. They say nothing good happens in January. Me, it does now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, got a call from Dr. Sharman. He was like, how are you? And I was like, uh, not too bad. What's going on? And he said, like, great news. Like your, your CT scans come back all clear. Um, and I was like, okay, just to confirm, like, am I in remission? He was like, yes, Ash, you're in remission. I was literally got phone, me and Charlotte started crying and cuddling. It was, it was yeah, amazing. Yeah. That's my moment. Yeah, it was a great moment. Yeah. I bet, I bet it's special kind of look, looking back on that, isn't it? Yeah. Crazy. It just, like, obviously I, look, I do look at life completely different now. Yeah. And obviously like it would have been nice not to have gone through that, but I think everything you go through makes you into the person that, that yeah, you are like definitely. obviously there's things that you don't want to go through yeah and that you wish you probably never did go through mm. but I, I i always say everything in life makes you into the person that you're becoming or that you are so definitely is what it is isn't it it's got to move on <laughs> do you know do you know, do you know what's absolutely crazy when, when i first met you it'd only been did you say 40 months yeah about that 14 yeah like i i could not believe it like the everything that you kind of been through and 40 months later you were yeah it's, you, you had a full head of hair yeah. like you look well like yeah, you, yeah. you were pissed, pissed out your hair <laughs> <laughs> yeah no you just got to crack on yeah like, that's how i live life now like just chill out the smallest things that worry people like even at work or my family yeah like stupid things with money just chill out it everything ends up all right in the end yeah. might not be all right there and then but in time, whether it be tomorrow, in an hour, or next year, it will work out. I think uh, as control what you can control. Yeah, hundred percent. I say that to my clients: control what you can control. But as we we always think our, our problems are ten times worse than, than they actually are. When you actually sit and like compartmentalize them, the 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 nothing in ten years' time, you you won't look back on sort of the the boiler not working properly or yeah. fucking Susan down the road giving you a. A nasty look or like it's so the the things that we actually stress about are so small and i think just reminding yourself every single day like what what you're grateful for and what what actually means a lot to you like the the things that you worry about probably don't mean anything to you nah not at all take something really big to like make me worry and panic now and and stress out yeah yeah so so when did you propose to charlotte through that that was in October. So we'd been together for, that was like our year anniversary. Yeah. So was, there was obviously loads of good things that came out of it. Like Cause in, in the proposal video, you actually, you, you were still, yeah, I was literally, my hair just started coming through, yeah. but it was like baby hair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a bit, one a bit thing, like man coming through that. There you go, mate. Yeah, yeah. My one's real though. <laughs> this is real. It's just from the back of it. Didn't go to Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> um, no, obviously, good things do come out of it. I don't think, and Charlotte will probably agree, but I don't think we would have, we would have been engaged on our year anniversary. Yeah. But it's literally, the nurse said to me, I got really close to her. Her name is uh, Linda, 
and she basically said like, oh, you know, a lot of people propose and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it just makes sense. Why don't I, like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. she said to me, she's not going anywhere. So I'm just going to propose. Like, yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> so I rang her dad and then he was I've like, seen that video, mate. And honestly, it's, it's such a special video because you can yeah, see the emotion definitely. in it yeah, from yeah. What, what you're going through, but also the, the love there is, it is an amazing video. No, nah, definitely. So there was, there was some good things that come out of it as yeah. well, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. So Ashton Martian, Marshall now, what sort of do you look back on over that time? What life lessons have you learned from that? Check your balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, That's oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm literally going to go get a shower after this. I'm going to be stood there like, day. <laughs> Check your balls. Oh man. Yeah. Literally simple as that. But don't, don't be thinking you're so big. Like just calm down. Everyone's the same. Just chill out. Yeah. Don't worry about small things. It'll work out in the end. But yeah, just don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, well, I appreciate you you coming on. And uh, like, there the could be someone going through something very, very similar. Or it might make people actually think about sort of the problems that they have in their life. Are yeah. they actually that bad? So, yeah, thank you for sharing that, mate. I, I really appreciate that. And hopefully, if you enjoyed listening to that, um, give Ash a follow because you, you're quite active on Twitter, aren't you, more than anything? Yeah, I need to go and ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't. <laughs> Yeah, but no, you like you. You've put some really amazing things no, on. Yeah, Twitter. I've, got, I've put loads of. Well, the camera's stopped, but um, podcast listeners, you get podcast an extra listeners. few few seconds. <laughs> I had a good outro. <laughs> Go on then. Good afternoon, good evening, <laughs> <and> good night. <laughs> Sick. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. Cheers.